This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, Dr. Vic here. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to just share with you about my upcoming book, Decoding the Matrix, coming out in May 2022. And right now I have a VIP list that I'm creating uh, that I would love to have you join. And what this is, is you're going to get a massive discount on the book and a ton of freebies. And it's only going to be available to those on the list. So if you want to looking for an amazing book to come out that's going to help you understand your potential, start your spiritual awakening, and really just see the importance and the value of who you are and what you bring to the table of being existing in this world and understanding how to not allow the matrix to tarnish that, then this book is for you. So check it out in the show notes. You can click on there and you can uh, go ahead and put your information in and you'll be put on the list automatically. I'll be sharing updates on the book. And you're going to, again, like I said, you're going to get an unbelievably massive discount for the book and a ton of freebies. So don't wait, check the show notes and click on the link and get signed up today. What up, everyone? This is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. As this week, I had an awesome guest, Amy Dempster, and we dove into a lot of stuff. It's going to get out there a little bit for some. And for some, it's going to feel like it's right at home. But it's one of these things I was looking forward to interviewing because there's such a unique aspect to what she brings and another aspect of the world that we just don't get enough exposure to or understanding of. And there's a lot of science that backs up a lot of this, the support and help. And I really believe we're, we're in a place where this is going to start shifting and changing to allow us to see deeper uh, the deeper elements of life, the things that are the unseen, right? Because anytime you talk about stuff like that, it, it kind of gets us to be a little bit uh, shaken up or I don't know, but look how much stuff that's unseen that you do not see every single day that you use. Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, microwaves, diff- x-rays, you know, different r- things that exist, whether you believe it or you don't, they're there, Right. And so this one is one that I highly recommend tuning in, listening to. It's a fun one. I had a blast with her. But just to break down a little bit of who Amy is, Amy helps in understanding the healing power of the earth. What began as openly sharing her spiritual journey on her popular blog, Following Hawks, 
has become a resource for others wanting to learn how to communicate with nature and share their own unique healing gifts with the earth. Together with the spirits of the land in the mountains of northwest Montana, she tends seven portals on the land where she lives, along with any grid-keeping work she is assigned. She also leads the Earth Tenders Academy, an immersion online journey to help others reestablish their connection with their ancient, ancient ancestors. To learn to communicate with the seen and unseen forces in their environment respectively offer their healing energy to places in need. Amy is also the host of the podcast, The Earth Keepers. I truly enjoyed this. You'll hear us go back and forth and have some really good dialogue here. So I'm excited to share this episode with you guys. Here is Amy Dempster. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our chat. I'm excited to have you on. I, I saw Earth Healing Expert, and I'm just like, yes, this is a conversation I would love to go deep with. So I, I'm excited to pick your expertise and just pick your brain in many different ways. So, um, But before we get into that, do you mind sharing with the listeners just how you got into what you're doing, your story, your background, your journey, and so forth? Yeah, well, you know, I, um, you know, people always ask me, like, have you been doing this since since you were a kid? And while I did grow up on a farm and was kind of around and within nature all the time, it, I wasn't particularly conscious of, uh, you know, the kind of communication that was coming from uh, the natural world, although I'm sure it was <laughs> all, all along. So I, you know, I had a pretty traditional uh, uh, path into, uh, you know, college and uh, work life and working in a city and, you know, living in the suburbs and the whole nine yards and, and was just really feeling that disconnect from nature. And back in 2008, I started having a very odd series of interactions with hawks, like the birds. <laughs> and they started just coming really close to me. It wasn't like I hadn't seen them, you know, in my environment before, but they started, you know, I was just kept having all these different interactions where they would be very close to me. And it was enough that made me start asking questions like, what is this? You know, is somebody trying to send me a message or communicate with me? And so that really initially kind of started me down the path of, of trying to figure out, um, you know, what was going on. And uh, from there, you know, there wasn't a lot, even in 2008, you know, it wasn't as easy as it is today to just look things up on the on the internet or find a book on this topic. And so I definitely looked around and, and tried to find out more, but it was a slow process. And so, you know, over the years of uh, getting into meditating a little bit more and, you know, learning a little bit more about kind of nature and, and animal communication, little bits and pieces kind of started filtering through, but it wasn't until uh, 2014, actually, through a uh, Another series of, uh, you know, unusual events where my husband and I ended up moving to Montana and I had been getting a message to be where there was pine trees and water. And it was shortly after moving here and being out on my kind of daily walks around the neighborhood that I realized that I was receiving messages from the trees. And that was really what set me off on a, a much deeper journey of saying, you know, okay, if if they can talk to me, I can talk to them too, right? <laughs> so um, that was really, you know, what what got things going and and led me down this path. I love that. So a hawk started the whole process. Yes, 
Yes. I love how you bring up hawks. I'm very fascinated with hawks. I just love seeing them fly and watching them. And um, we used to have chickens in my backyard when I lived in Chicago. And uh, I remember the day when one of the hawks eventually got one, got to one. Yes. And, and my wife looked at me and she goes, do you still love hawks? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> I go, it's just part of nature what we witnessed. Unfortunately, it was very traumatic, but I yes. go, it's just part of nature. Um, but is it, you know, I, I love the aspect of trees and how you say they communicate stuff. I'm going to go down that whole path with you. Cause it's, it's one of the things where, um, in my own coaching with my clients, I think I'm a little weird when I, when they're like stressed and I could feel their energy off. I'm like, go hug a tree for a minute and then yeah. come back and you're going to be recentered because of how grounding it is. Um, do, how do you, how, I, I, I have so many questions on this, but like how, with trees and communicating with them, tell me that. How do they talk? Are they are they grounded? Are they like? Let, 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 I'll leave that part to you. I, I don't really have a, <laughs> how to phrase the words. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting because you know they're just like all of us humans, right? Like everyone has their own personality, and so there's some similarities within certain species, but otherwise they're they're just as unique as we are, and and can all be very different, you know. And so, some are more chatty than others, and some uh, are more reserved or have maybe not had the best interactions with with humans and are a little more nervous about communicating. Um, But it's, you know, it's interesting. And and that was part of the process that I had to learn as well is that, you know, as humans, we're so accustomed to using language to communicate, but the whole rest of the world is communicating telepathically. And so those are skills that we all have, but because we're not taught to use them as strongly, um, especially as children growing up, it usually takes us a little bit of practice to figure out what are our strongest kind of intuitive uh, senses and how can we use them to communicate. So in my case, I tend to uh, hear them, you know, in my head, uh, which is a little strange, but it, it sounds like my own voice, which is very common, you know, that I hear a lot of people say that. Um, and it's, it's why we dismiss it so easily because we just think like, oh, I'm making up this little conversation in my head, or it's just my imagination, but that's exactly how it works. (laughs) And that's exactly how the, the communication comes through. And so initially it was kind of like, you know, uh, ideas or conversations in my head that I didn't put there. And so it took me a little bit of time to figure out, oh, this is the trees, you know? And initially they were just asking me to pick up trash while I would be out walking. And, you know, we forget sometimes that our arms and legs make us very useful (laughs) in a way that, you know, to them that, um, the things that we can do things that they can't do. And so, um, the more trash I picked up and the more they kind of saw me and interacted with me on a, on a regular basis, the more, uh, they trusted me and the more, uh, conversation would, would continue. I love that. Yeah. And it's one of those things too. I, I remember my journey, like just being able to tap and connect and it, it was weird because I'd be like, am I making this voice in my head? Uh, cause it does sound like you. Right. And it's one of those things where you're just like, wait a minute here. Um, and then, you know, but is there like for you is, cause like for me, my feeling, I get like, uh, I get like this gut feeling and it's just this where the way energy hits me. And then I'd be like, and then I'll know resonate. And I know everyone has their own different, you know, physiological senses that they get. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit about yours? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think that's one of the more common ways that people read energy is to feel it, but it's the hardest one to trust because, it's not like you're having a conversation or that there's specific words coming in, right? It's just really feeling into your body. And 
especially if you're empathic, which I am, it's, it's part of how you read the energy all around you. And so you might be getting a stomach ache or, you know, heart palpitations or a headache or, you know, all of these different ways. And it's really energy that's communicating with you. And it takes some time and practice just to understand, like, you know, for, for me, I have a very specific feeling if I go into a house or a building um, to know if there's, you know, an earthbound spirit, a ghost basically in the building, it's a very specific kind of feeling I get in my stomach. And so, but I had to feel it enough times and have enough of those interactions to go, oh, now I can walk into a building and go, oh, you know, I know there's something here. And so, you know, communicating with, with, the spirits of the land with nature um, is really the same way of just feeling like, oh, this is that familiar feeling in my heart or that familiar feeling in my stomach that um, that I know and recognize. And so a lot of times people get n- nervous or worried or scared when they have this kind of um, communication that they don't understand, because a lot of times these spirits, they're trying, they're trying to tell you, they're trying to give you a message and communicate, and they're not this is new for them too, right? They they don't have a lot of humans that they communicate with. So they're kind of trying to dial into your frequency while you're trying to dial into theirs. And sometimes it is a negotiation to be like, whoa, that's that's too much energy, <laughs> you know, or I feel really sick to my stomach. Can you can you dial it down a little bit? And really they're just trying to send information to you and they're trying to show you maybe what has happened to them in a given location or the different things. And so it can feel really scary if all of a sudden it feels like, oh, I can't breathe very well or, oh, my stomach really hurts. So um, it really, you know, it's it becomes a part of uh, a conversation and a discussion back and forth when you're able to say, hey, that's that's a lot of energy. I, I'm getting the message. Can you turn it down a little bit so I can focus and concentrate? <laughs> I like how you bring that up because that's something that I had to learn over like a, a, after a while, like I get these feelings and I would understand it was overwhelming and, and and just take on certain ways. And then eventually I just learned to just, just how to handle that. But it wasn't until my dog where I started doing like work on him just for fun every once in a while, just to clear his energy or do some stuff on him. And I can only put my hands on him for like a minute and then he would just move away from me. And yeah. I asked our, my, my dog trainer who was open to this and she understood this. And she's like, your energy is too much. You need to tailor it down to him and then meet where he is and then just go with whatever he can handle. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a try. Let me just see. And it works now because now I can go and connect and he's used to my energy. So he knows when that feeling comes in or whatever that I'm doing for him. Um, he can sit there and go, okay, this is not a harm. This is fine. Just take some deep right. breaths and I'm good. And I learned that because when I saw it with him, I was like, hold up, what if I do that for me too and see if it changes things? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And animals are obviously so sensitive to energy that, that they definitely pick it up right away. So much. It's amazing. I can go all day about dogs and it just, I guess that's <laughs> what I have, but because even like with my wife, when she, she, depending where she is and her just mood and she may say, I'm perfectly fine. And I'll be looking at my dog going, yeah, no, I'm, I'm seeing him. And I could just tell you, he is not, he's telling me a different story. She's like, why has he got to be so connected to me? And I'm like, Hey, he's connected to both of us, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And animals take on a lot of our energy as well. And so uh, you know, we have to be careful sometimes not to kind of dump all our energy into them because they, they want to, you know, help us and, and give us healing energy, but it, it can be very overpowering for them as well. So true. So let's discuss that a little bit. You brought this up a couple of times. I want to dive deeper into this, the spirits of the land. Is there like a variety of them or is that there's there certain specifics to that? I'd love to go deeper into that. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of a catch-all term that that I use because there are there's so many. You know, it's really um, all of these different kind of uh, nature spirits, and they live in the same places that we live and they're just kind of in a different plane of existence. And so they're very aware of what's going on. You know, if you cut a tree down in your backyard or, um, you know, or there's a big construction project happening down the street, you know, they, they're very aware of all all of those things that are going on. Um, But they, the kind of main categories that that I tend to um, kind of group them into is, um, you know, the main spirit that I usually connect with if I'm going to do a reading or, you know, um, connect in with the energy of a particular piece of land is what I call the keeper of the land. And that's just a spirit that's more than just over your house and, you know, your piece of um, property. It's really kind of the whole neighborhood. And they, they're they really the ones that know uh, the lay of the land. And it's usually, I mean, it, it depends. It's, it's an energy. Ultimately, you know, I will perceive them oftentimes as like an animal or an insect, sometimes as a as a person, um, but uh, they will come forward and usually point out to me anything like, oh, this is what's causing this, you know, weird thing that's happening in somebody's house. Um, so that's usually the kind of the first spirit that I that I talk to. Um, and then you have what I call the ancestors of the land. Those are um, more human inhabitants that have been on the land for some period of time or lived on it um, much before it was settled. And they'll give me a lot, a better lay of the land of um, if any trauma has happened in this area or if there's any issues going on um, or just, you know, how people used this area um, before it was settled. Uh, they'll they'll kind of show me, you know, oh, we fished in this lake or we uh, camped, you know, by this creek, that type of thing. So, um, and then after that, it can be all kinds of things. The trees, of course, have spirits, um, you know, and mountains and that type of thing um, that we can see. And then there are lots of others that are, we can't necessarily see them in our um, physical environment, but they're very much there. And that's, you know, things like uh, fairies or gnomes or, you know, even Bigfoot and those types of things, um, all kinds of different energies. And, and they're all there doing doing their part and doing their jobs and um, are usually very happy to have some humans to interact with and to work together. You know, we, we are the ones that in a physical body um, can actually make changes on this plane. And so there's things that they can do energetically in their dimension, but then there's things that we can do. And when we work together, it's really remarkable to see, uh, you know, how much the energy can shift in an, in a given area. So interesting. And is it, is it, so, so is, is Bigfoot's real and he lives on different dimensions. And when people sometimes felt like they seen Bigfoot, is that, them lowering their energy and vibe down to this realm and then like kind of just going back to where they are or is them just yeah that's been my experience with them that they very much have the ability to shift back and forth between dimensions and so they can kind of they come into this one in an embodied uh dimension but it's um they've shown it to me it's 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 very overwhelming to their energy right they are like very sensitive uh instruments and so if you think about the man-made emfs and you know, the human energy and the noise, they really hate the noise, um, you know, of, of most of our kind of modern areas. It's it's really a lot for them. And so uh, they prefer to be in, uh, you know, just just in another dimension uh, where they can still kind of interact with us, but don't have to come fully into this plane. 
No, that makes perfect sense. And and would you say like even are you noticing just with communicating with the spirits of the land and so forth how like 5G rolling out and so forth, uh, does that kind of stuff annoy them also? Yeah, it's really, I mean, it kind of depends on the spirit or depends on the energy. But for the most part, um, yeah, they did. I actually had an experience, oh gosh, maybe a year and a half or so ago now where I just got really, really kind of overwhelmed with with energies one day and and was tuned in to ask, you know, what what is this and why you know, why am I feeling this way? And they said, oh, we wanted you to know how it felt for us. And I thought, well, if that's how it feels, no wonder why <laughs> uh, you don't want to be here any more than you have to be. Um, it was really, um, yeah, really hard on, on my energy field. Really, it just felt like something was, um, you know, almost like nails on the chalkboard, you know, on my energy field all day long. Oh man, not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was exhausting. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> That's something else. Um, when it comes to, I'm big, for some reason, I, when I moved to Arizona to go to school there for a little bit, uh, the mountains always intrigued me and they had this energy about them. And mm-hmm. I've through different, I mean, my backgrounds and, you know, from being a Reiki master and done all these different energy medicine uh, uh, practices and so forth, or, or modalities. One of the things is one person, some of my teachers will tell me like, well, mountains have masculine energy. And I'd be like, interesting. I don't know. Maybe that's what I need to balance, but it was, it went anyhow. Um, what is it? Do mountains have like, is there certain ranges that have certain ones at each mountain peak? Is it just the energy as a whole? Um, how is their energy and, and so forth? Yeah. I mean, mountains, each one feels a little different to me and <clears throat> feels different in its, um, its role. And again, you have this, you have the mountain, the spirit of, you know, the mountain itself. And then you have all these other energies, <clears throat> excuse me, you have all these other energies on the mountain as well. And so, you know, you may have um, nature spirits and ancestors and all of these other things. So there can be when you're interacting, you know, with a mountain, there can be all kinds of different things kind of happening and, and at play. But my kind of experience and, and understanding, especially as, it, as far as how they interact with the earth energy is that they're really um, capturing and holding a lot of the energies that are coming into the earth. And then it can be distributed kind of out from the mountain, out through, um, you know, the electromagnetic grids and the earth out to people kind of um, we can kind of help step it down, basically, the energy from the mountains. And so, um, yeah, they have they have all kinds of different um, roles and jobs. And obviously, in some uh, communities where uh, the people have been working with a specific mountain for generation after generation after generation, you know, they have very uh, specific partnerships um, between the people and the spirits of the mountain. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Cause I live, I live like 40 minutes away from the Smokies and it's uh, the Smoky mountains. And every time I go there, I, I like come back and I look at my wife and I'm like, we just need to get there closer somehow. Like I just like something in my energy field drastically shifts. My mind shifts. And I'm just like, it's like returning back home. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's amazing. And I know, you know, different people kind of are drawn to different places, but I feel that same way about the mountains. I'm very, uh, feel very much comforted and at home in the mountains. 
That's, I love it. Um, so what are some things, how do you know, like we're a place, like when it comes to nature and, and knowing how it needs healing or stuff like that, is that just through communicating through the, 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 uh, the spirits of the land or how do you, you figure those kind of things out? Yeah, it kind of depends. You know, if it's something that, um, you know, a place that I just um, uh, happen to be, it's usually more of a feeling um, or a message that I'll get where I'm somewhere. Um, that something specific is needed. Uh, but more often than not, you know, I, um, I do this work as, uh, you know, part of uh, readings and, and healing work. And so in that case, yes, I connect with the keeper of the land um, at a specific place and just ask them to show me, you know, what's going on here? What, um, what is the issue? And it is, I mean, as varied as you can imagine, the different uh, kinds of things and reasons that uh, a place would need healing. Um, but it's also not for us to kind of, you know, come in and fix things, right? It's really um, a partnership between the spirit, spirits. And sometimes they'll say, you know, uh, we're working on that already. We don't need you to do anything there. Um, and other times there's very specific um, roles that they'll give me, you know, you do this part and we'll do that part and that type of thing. So it's always it's so magical to see it happen and to really participate in some of um, this healing work and to really feel the shift in the energy and to hear from people afterwards about uh, how much the energy uh, has changed in a place after um, energetic healing on the land. That is so cool. I love that. Now, one of the things here, I have to ask this question just because in my, my parents' house, we always felt like there was a presence there in the basement. And mm-hmm. I always remember, I and eventually as my skills started to come back, I always say, because you know, I had it, may have had it before, and then I kind of let it go. And then coming back to it, I started to get like images in my head. And I'm like, okay, are these images made up? Or is this what I'm feeling? And then I connected with the energy. And then I was like, oh, okay, there's actually a story to this. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. And, and I when I and and one day my wife, she was down there one time. She went first time she went down in the basement. She's like, I'm not going back down there. There is something <laughs> down there. And, and she can she she can see things, um, but she won't she she'll shut it off immediately as soon as it happens. I have the the I guess I call it the blessing and the curse. Because if somebody is more clairvoyant and they can see things, for some reason, my mind will capture what they see. And I hate that because then I'm like, I don't want to see what you see. If it freaks me out, I don't oh, want to wow. see it. <laughs> it's only in a split moment. All of a sudden, I was like, there's sometimes when my wife will make up in the middle of the night and she'll be like, there's someone in the room. And then as soon as she says that, I, I have an image flash in my head and I'm going, no, no, I don't need to see that. Let me just do my work really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to see it, but you know, and it, it, it's, it's interesting because the, 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 the being, it's still there. It's still, every time I go down, I gave it a name just for fun. Um, and I'm always just like, Hey, what's going on? And, you know, and whatever, but, um, why, but is, 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 is basements, you know, is it something that I, that is happens often? Cause what, you know, you get this creepy thought and I don't know if it's just the movies, how basements can just really freak most people out. Is there just spirits that are down there and it's, it's comfortable for them? They're away from a lot of the energy of the house or how's that work? Yeah, totally. It's so funny because, you know, you do say like, why is everyone's basement creepy, right? <laughs> like, why, why does this happen? But a lot of it is, it's just, it's a part of the house that usually isn't being used as often and there's less activity. And so it's just easier for spirits to kind of congregate or hang out down there and be out of the way. And, you know, ultimately we just haven't told them that they can't be there. 
And this is the thing that, you know, I've really come to learn over the years is that we really in our culture have um, grown up. And I think, you know, movies and TV have done this to us a lot um, with giving us the belief that we don't have control over our spaces and that like, you know, if there's a ghost there or there's something causing problems in your house, you're just stuck with it or you're going to have to move or, you know, it, it's, it's not something you can do anything about. And the reality is, is that, uh, you know, our free will extends to our homes as well. And so, you know, nothing can be in our homes that we don't uh, agree can be there in some way. It's just that nobody's told us that. And so we don't know that we can say, hey, beat it. <laughs> you don't belong here. Um, and, you know, obviously the more compassionate thing to do, and it's an earthbound spirit, which is really just a human being who passed away and didn't get to where they belonged after, after they passed away is, you know, to help them get to uh, what we would call the other side, right? Like help them get out of this plane so that they're not uh, gunking up the energy in our homes and our businesses and, you know, all of these different places that we frequent. So yeah, for the most part, basements are creepy because, you know, we just don't use them all that much. And uh, it gives, gives spirits a place to hang out. <laughs> well, I know something too is our energy just can be chaotic for them. And that's why sometimes they like to hone themselves away when there's less of energy. Like one of my shaman, my shaman that I work with, he is always like, if you have a room that you don't go in often, every once in a while, go in there and just cleanse the energy. So that yep, exactly because sometimes they'll, they'll hone themselves there. Yeah, it's one of those things. And it, when it comes to like, um, you know, why why is it sometimes that spirits get held here or in, in a realm where they're earthbound to a certain degree? Uh, I'll leave it at that question first. Yeah, well, the reality is, and, and uh, you know, indigenous cultures all had a process for this and it got lost somewhere along the way. Um, you know, I'm sure as uh, the churches, you know, colonize their way around, you know, across Europe and around the world and um, kind of changed some of the um, understandings and the processes about uh, what's our job as, as human beings. And uh, one of our jobs is to help our friends and family members when they pass away, get to the other side. And we don't have a lot of understanding about what that is. We just think, I'm going to die and I'm going to immediately be in this other place. And the reality is, at least from, you know, what I've experienced in interacting with these spirits is that you die and you're just still here. You just don't have a body anymore. And so there's a process to get really back to what we would call, you know, connected with source energy, because once you don't have a body, you've lost that connection to source and the only way for you to continue to get energy is to get it from human beings. And so that's what we would call an attachment spirit, which is not healthy for us living beings, which is why you don't want these spirits just hanging around your house. And like I say, most of the time, it's not, um, you know, hostile or purposeful or anything else. They just don't have a choice. And so um, it becomes a drain on our energy if we've got them in our space. So um there really is kind of a period of time after one passes away where you might say the door is open, right? They can, if they know what they're supposed to do, or if their religion does have a framework that explains like, this is what happens and this is what you have to do. Um, then as a soul, as a spirit, you, you know that, and you follow that process. But if you don't know, um, a lot of times it feels kind of like um, you're just 
still going about your daily business. And this is why sometimes you'll come across these spirits that um, <clears throat> like they think they still live in the house and they don't know why you're what you're doing there, right? <laughs> because uh, they are just still going about their business, not totally realizing that they have passed away. And so a lot of times when I encounter them, that's the first part of the conversation is just to make sure they understand, like, did, did you realize that, that you have transitioned, that you have um, passed away? And so usually they're like, well, I knew something wasn't quite right. Um, and so once they kind of understand and, and can accept that, then really it's just a matter of shifting the frequency to reopen that door. And it takes a human being to do that, to reopen that door, to, to get to the other side. And so um, there's many, many ways to do that. I tend to work with Archangel Michael and just ask him to open the door. And usually once the door is open, they can see their friends and family members that have you know gone ahead of them. They, they understand it's time to go. Sometimes it takes a little bit of um, conversation, uh, counseling, depending on uh, if they have a specific reason that they think they're still, you know, need to be hanging out here. But um, usually once you uh, explain that uh, once you go and you kind of finish that process, then you can come back and visit, but you have reconnected at that point with source and it is healthy for you to, um, to come back and visit. You don't want the actual spirit to be um, staying here and junking up the energy here. And it doesn't give them the opportunity to kind of complete their life and move on to the next thing until they, um, you know, make, finish that process. No, I love that. And because I appreciate you bringing that up because a lot of times people hear about earthbound spirits and they get all freaked out. And I think the movies have just done a great job of making us freak out about them. Totally. And, and they're really not evil. They're, I mean, well, there's, there could be some, but most of the time, 99% of the time, it's what you said. They just, they lost that transition. Uh, my shaman will always be like, they just had so many attachments still here. It was hard for them to let go, to mm -hmm. go to the light. And I'm like, yeah, I can yep. see that. I, I feel that when I work with some of them. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I like how you brought that up that they, they, I call it energy vampires as much as the vampire word doesn't sound yeah, great or energy yeah. drainers. Yeah. Right. Um, there's just an emotion that they have that, that they need to feed off and, and, uh, um, they do that, but not, not in, not into a, I always say not a negative way. Cause like even the, the spirit that's in my mom's house, he's like, I just love, I just love the, the love in this house. It's just, it attracts me uh, and yeah. how warm and loving this house is. He goes, and he's not there all the time. He'll come. And then sometimes he's there and he's not. And I'm like, all right, you're good. And you go, are you everything fine? He's like, I'm good. I just, I, I like wandering around earth. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to interfere with your process then. <laughs> um, and yeah. I think, and it, like I say, it is still free will. And we still do have our free will, you know, after, after we um, separate from our body. And so, you know, there are, there are certainly our spirits that either believes that they have something they need to still do here. Um, sometimes I come across, you know, it's the, you know, parents who are worried about a child or a child who is worried about a parent or, you know, those types of things are very common. Um, but yeah, sometimes they just, you know, think they have something they still want to do or, um, you know, have, have to get done, but rarely is it, it, you know, there is that small percentage, but rarely is it um, negative in any way. No, I, I 100%. And it's, I always find it um, uh, fascinating in the process too, when they sometimes are like, um, like people think when you die, all of a sudden you're all knowing and you come to this beautiful light. 
And it's, it's, it, and I've done a lot of work with like near death experience communication and, and just, I had a fear of death for a while. And and eventually I did some stuff to break out of that. And then I was like, all this curiosity came. So I started seeking, like, how do I connect to the other side or who's been there in a sense and studied a lot, but it was always fascinating too, because a lot of times belief systems will lead that. And I think sometimes if you don't, as a human being have like, if you're, if you think, this is the end and that's it or something. I think that, that does that, that, that can affect how you transition um, to that certain degree. Yeah. It's, it was really a remarkable thing for me to understand is how strongly our beliefs contribute to our experience. You know, <laughs> like it doesn't, you don't die. And then somebody shows up and says, by the way, all of your beliefs were wrong. Let me show you how it really works. Like it continues after you've passed away. And, and my experience with that was that I had ancestors that belonged to a particular religion um, come to me uh, that wanted to be, you know, released and, and disconnected from their religion. And uh, I was so confused. I was like, they can do that. They can do whatever they want to do. What, what do you mean? Um, and part of it was because there was this very specific belief about um, what happens after you die. And when I went to the cemeteries um, where, where these ancestors were, where there were a lot of people from this religion, there were all these spirits there in the cemetery. And I was like, what are they all doing here? Like, why are there so many in these cemeteries? And I finally learned that one of the beliefs from the religion was that basically you're you're to wait with your body uh, after you die until, you know, the second coming. That, that's the belief. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm boiling it down in a really basic way, but, um, but that's what they were all doing was just sitting in the cemeteries with their bodies waiting um, really for Jesus to come. And so um, that was really eye opening for me that, oh, uh, yeah, your belief system carries on and, and whatever it is will continue, your free will will continue to be honored. And if that's your belief system, then then that's what happens. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, there's a book, I was a proof of heaven. It was a lawyer who didn't really believe in the afterlife to a certain degree. And he, he, he had a, I, I'm going to totally butcher this. He had something, I don't know what happened, but he had a near-death experience and his afterlife was the experience going towards there um, was very dark and not pleasant because he just he thought it would be just done. And then wow. and then all of a sudden um, he eventually reached out and asked for help. And then all of a sudden within instantaneously help was there. Um, wow. And then all of a sudden everything was different. And he was just like, what is going on? But um Many stories that I've, I've I've chatted with people about it, but it's 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 interesting how this is why I always tell people why I learned from universal laws and everything about why belief is so powerful and not just yeah. in this life, but even your afterlife experience. And a lot of um, I've, I've communicated with a lot of psychic mediums just to connect to the other side, to ask questions, be curious, um, and and they'd be like, "Yeah, no, what you believe in your in the what the afterlife is, you're going to experience that 100." percent And I'm like. <laughs> Well, I'm glad yeah. I believe I'm source energy and I believe that <laughs> I, this is just a short period. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I think I'm good. Yeah. They're, like, they're like, you got it. You have nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Like we all get the opportunity to find out that whatever we believe is right. <laughs> but that comes all back to, right? Again, it all comes back down to free will, right? When we look at free will, uh, I tell people all the time, like free will is you get the, you know, you were created by God, a source energy, whatever you want to call it. 
And then I'm like, you go off to choose and have an experience and for yourself to grow and expand. And I said, God just gets the experience, whatever you do, so it can learn about itself. And at the same token, you're doing the same thing. And I go, it's a win-win across the board because I see it. I call it, it's a win-win-win because God wins, you win. But then what also happens is all the souls collectively win because you're sharing the experiences with them. And so now we all expand. Um, as like, as I know the great, like, you know, some people say, well, I have some friends who are very spiritual and they're like, well, I want to get to the seventh dimension and the eighth dimension. I'm like, you know, that's just your ego. And they're like, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, the seventh and eighth is so amazing. I'm like, so is the fifth, the fourth, the sixth. I'm like the 20th, whatever there is, we think there's 11 based on the latest things I've read. And I'm like, but you know that there's, there's, there's all of them are good. There's nothing bad between you. There's just different experiences. Yeah. Yeah, it's really amazing. And, and it's such a good example of, of how we are all connected and we are all one, right, is really understanding that we're all having these experiences on a collective level. So, yeah, we're, we're growing and expanding the universe collectively together. You know, you're having experiences that, that the, this version of me isn't having, but together we are. <laughs> It's very uh, cool and bends my brain. I love it. <laughs> well, there's a great book. I, I, a lot of times I'll like I'll throw some things on Facebook just to intrigue people. Like, what's the, what's the greatest book that changed your life and everything? And once in a blue moon, someone will put conversations with God. And I'm like, yeah, that's my Bible. Because um, <laughs> he, he brings it up in the Bible. I mean, the Bible. <laughs> he brings it up in his books. Uh, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, where he'll talk about like, other entities and like living in different realms and, and different beings and so forth. And he'll just discuss about how they um how they're ended up like he'll they'll talk about like yeah you guys you know where we are we are so excited to see the evolution of where humans are because it helps us all in the big game of everything oh yeah yeah it's so cool so cool so uh, i know we got off on a tangent with that i just i could talk about these things all day so I wanted to bring something back because I, I, you know, one of the things I was studying is I learned with Reiki, you know, learning the chakras and I studied them in many different realms and understanding there's seven, but there's way more than that. And then what really chakras are and all this stuff and how the earth has its chakras. But you're talking about here, I want to ask this question about how, you know, seven portals on the land, how you open them up where you live. I'd love to know more about the portals. What are they and what were the seven and, and that whole process? Yeah, it's really fascinating how how it all kind of um, happened and, and played out. But uh, it started with just um, one location on the land where I live. I have uh, about five acres um, where my husband and I live. And there was this particular spot that kept, it would come into my mind during meditation, right? It would show itself to me. And, but I didn't know what it wanted. I didn't know what was about it. You know, I would walk out there and stand there and be like, okay, (laughs) here I am. What, what, what do you need? Um, And for probably a year and a half, nothing ever happened. And uh, then all of a sudden, one day I got the message that um, a portal wanted to be open there. And uh, you know, the spirits wanted me to do it at which of course I was like, I don't know anything about portals. I'm not opening a portal. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds crazy. Um, and of course I've, I've come to learn that there's, there's many other versions of myself in many other dimensions that uh, know all about portals and have been, been teaching me, uh, the last few years. But, um, yeah, ultimately, uh, I was just shown that this 
a portal wanted to be open. So I followed the instructions that the spirit gave me and, and, um, you know, open this portal and then fairly quickly afterwards was told, oh, there's six more. Um, and they showed me where they were and had me open them. And it was just the whole pride's probably the whole process of just getting them all open was pro- probably lasted about a month or six weeks and, and much hilarity ensued. And you can read it all on my blog, um, because it was quite the experience, but, um, but ultimately, um, at the time, and this was, I can't remember which year it was now, maybe 2018, um, when this first happened, um, and, then all of these energies um, came in from all of these different dimensions uh, to really say that they wanted to start sharing energy between them. And that, um, you know, these portals go off to different points in space and time, uh, but that they were being used by, you know, one group of beings in particular, and they really wanted to share their knowledge and their information and kind of be able to use each other's portals. And so um, for probably a year, year and a half, um, maybe two years, that happened um, pretty consistently. There was a lot of energy on the property and a lot of coming and going and a lot of education for me, uh, understanding kind of how they work and how to keep them protected. And um, really, you know, portals are just um, it's an it's an earth energy uh, that's flowing through the electromagnetic frequencies of the earth. And. Uh, but they match frequency. And so when you have these things, it's kind of like the creepy basements. I always say, why are all the low vibe portals in people's closets? I don't know. They always seem to be in someone's closet. (laughs) And, um, but it's just a matter, you know, portals themselves are not good, bad, or otherwise, they're just a frequency. And so anything that matches the frequency of the portal can come through the portal. And so, um, there are some that have not been tended well or have are in an area of much lower vibrational energy and it just allows lower vibrational um, energies to come and go. And so um, I come across that a lot doing readings um, where there's uh, one in somebody's house that neither needs to be closed or the vibration needs to be increased so that um, they don't have these energies just kind of coming and going through their house all the time. And so um, yeah, so it was quite the education for me to learn about them. They have since uh, shifted and kind of merged into um, one different portal and they it's not nearly as much energy as there there used to be a couple of years ago. but um, yeah, that's that's what happened. <laughs> So interesting. So can people have portals in like in their house too and stuff like that? I know you're bringing that up a little bit. I just want to re, re, re uh, tap yeah. I mean, they can, it's not, it, there, there's a lot of activity. So I don't, it's not something I would recommend. Oh, just, you know, open a portal in your, in your living room because a lot of energy is going to uh, be in your house. And so, um, but sometimes what happens is a house gets built on top of a portal or, or something. And so then you kind of have to negotiate how that's, how that's going to play out for the people who are um, now living in that area. But the reality is, you know, um, we all have the ability to, uh you know, work with these energies. And um, sometimes the the way that the lower vibrational ones oftentimes get open is, is somewhat spontaneous, right? It's, it's a buildup of very heavy energy. Um, and if there is, you know, somebody in a house who is in a very, very low mental state for an extended period of time, um, sometimes 
a portal will open spontaneously as a result of all of that energy buildup. And so um, those are the ones that I tend to come across in houses more often. Um, the, the kind of, you know, higher vibrational ones that are being used by a lot of other energies, you know, kind of off-planet energies and those types of things tend to be really out on the land, um, usually in a remote location where they're not being bothered. There are spirits that are tending them and taking care of them. And um, unless you kind of trip across one, uh, you know, while you're out hiking or something, it's unlikely that that you'll know it's there. Very cool. Ah, I learned something new here today. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, very, very cool. Um, so real quick, I know we've been chatting a lot here. I want to give you the opportunity. How can people connect with you, find you just, you know, and follow all that you're doing, uh, your podcast and so much more? Yeah, well, my website is following hawks like the bird. So followinghawks.com. And uh, you can find all of the ways to work with me there. Um, and my podcast as well. My podcast is called The Earth Keepers. And you can find that on pretty much anywhere you uh, like to listen to podcasts. Amy, it's been a delight. I feel like I've talked to you for hours and hours and hours about many different topics. So um, I appreciate <laughs> having you on and you just taking a moment to share your wisdom, your gift and your knowledge that you've been you're doing for the world uh, to share with all the listeners. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I likewise could, could chat for hours. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from if this is your first time tuning in please follow us connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode and until next time keep rocking and rolling thanks for tuning into the podcast if you found this episode to be inspirational pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this if this is your first time tuning in please follow us connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode and until next time keep rocking and rolling